So today I want to talk to you about the heart, and we're going to just jump into the Word. I'm starting this brand new series because all this revival and all this glory doesn't really do anything for us until it gets down in our heart and it changes our heart. Are you ready? Shout, bring it on. Malachi 3, 8, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings, you're cursed with a curse. You have robbed me. Even this whole nation bring most of the tithe. Oh, it didn't say most. Bring part of the tithe, all the tithe, into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. The storehouse is, is your church. It's where you're fed from. Uh, listen, uh, your, your, your tithe doesn't go to a TV ministry. It goes to the church you're fed at. Hello. Uh, if you, you know, I, I love Benny. Benny was with us a few months ago, Benny Hinn. But the, the truth is, if you get sick, Benny ain't coming to see you, but Jimmy might show up. Can I get a witness? Uh, this is your storehouse. That there may be food in my house, and try me now, says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there won't even be room enough to receive it. Kind of like, you know, that Thanksgiving plate that you make, and you have a plate that can't even receive all the food you're putting on it. Y'all don't look at me like that. How many of you like to have a Thanksgiving plate that can't even receive all you want to put on it? How many of you would like to have the blessings of the Lord like that in your life? Make a little noise. And in Matthew 6, 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I'm going to talk to you about the heart test. If you want a heart that's good before the Lord, just slip up your hands. I'm going to teach today. I feel, I feel it in the house. Father, thank you for your word that's going to change our lives. Thank you that every praise is to you. We wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for you. And we give you praise. Somebody give the Lord an ovation this morning. Push your neighbor and say, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to learn. Yeah, the devil hates for you to come to Calvary because you get, we're not giving, listen, we're not giving grits, baby. We're not, we're, not, we're not giving baby food. We're giving steak today. Hallelujah. So if there's ever been a time, everybody, that, that, in my life, that I want my heart to be right before the Lord. I want my heart to be right now. Right where I am in life and in ministry, I want to have a pure heart before the Lord. And I'm excited to talk to you just for a few minutes about that pure heart of stewardship and service and consistency before the Lord. And, and I want to talk to you about your heart today. Push your neighbor and say, how's your heart? How's your heart? I, I, I'm going to be talking about money and serving and things like that, but really, that's just, that's just the underscore of what's going on. Really, what we're talking about today is the heart. And, and you see, as I begin to discuss with you about making God a priority in your giving and in your serving and in every area of your life, somebody say, well, there goes one of them preachers again. Bless God, they're talking about money. And all them preachers, all they ever talk about is money. All they care about is money. Come on, somebody. You know you know folk like that. All they talk about is money at that church. I went to Calvary, and all they talked about was money. Let me tell you something. I talk about everything. I talk about your breakthrough. I talk about your blessing. I talk about your bedroom. Come on, somebody. Tell your neighbor, pastor talks about everything. But, but the truth is, when I think about it, I haven't preached a message like this. I look at my notes, and it's been almost eight to ten years, and I think it's time because, you know, our staff does such a great job, Pastor Troy and Pastor Jennifer. Don't you love Pastor Troy and Pastor Jennifer when they receive the offerings? Don't, come on, give them a God bless you. They do such a wonderful job. 
But the Lord said, as the shepherd and the dad of this house, it's time for you to talk about the heart that the people have toward me. Because the Bible said, from the very lips of Jesus, check it out, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And the word treasure there in the Hebrew, it's a real powerful word. It's actually the, 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 actually the Greek word. It's the Greek word thesaurus. And you know a thesaurus is a treasury of words. That's what we call a thesaurus. But, but it's, it's a word treasure that means the good, the valuable, and the precious. And what he's saying here, he's saying whatever is valuable to you, whatever is precious to you, is what has your heart. And you have to ask yourself a question, man, where's my heart? What, what is a priority in my life? What matters most to me? Because, see, whatever matters most to you is what you're going to pursue. You can always tell what matters most to somebody by what they're in pursuit of. Somebody who only cares about money, that's all they're in pursuit of is money. Somebody that only cares about girls, all they're in pursuit of is women or men or drugs or whatever. But I want to find myself in 2016 in hot pursuit of the things of God. <laughs> How many of you want to get in hot pursuit of the things of God and get so much power in your life that you could storm hell with a water pistol. Come on. Now, the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, the things that are in your heart represent the things that you're living for. Leonard Ravenhill, the great old evangelist that passed away several years ago, he wrote a book called Why Revival Tarries. It's probably my favorite book ever. He's written some of the most amazing books. But, but, but in that book, he made this statement, are the things you're living for worth Christ dying for. Think about that. It's actually the epitaph on his grave. Are the things you're living for worth Christ dying for? It talks a lot about the heart. And you know, time and time again, Pastor Troy stands up here and talks to you about giving, and then we talk to you about serving. Think about this, y'all. I love this. This makes me so happy. Last Sunday morning, 77 people graduated from our growth track class and it entered into some form of service around here at Calvary. Give God a shout, man, that's awesome. But Pastor Troy stands up here and he talks to you about prospering. And you know, the moment you say prospering in some people's mind, man, they get all afraid, man. Here it is. He's talking to me. He's one of them, they're prosperity preachers. You got to watch him. He's a prosperity preacher. Let me, let me tell you this. I want to see you prosper. I'm not ashamed to declare it. I'm a prosperity preacher. I'm a blood preacher. I'm a faith preacher. I'm a Jesus preacher. I'm a Holy Ghost preacher. And let me tell you what, some people are afraid of prosperity because there's been so many pastors and ministers, unfortunately, that have stood and preached things sometimes with impure motives. But I stand before you today and I want to talk to you about your heart and I have no motivation. I'm not on, I'm not on any kind of salary plus commission. <laughs> no matter what you give, my salary stays the same. I, I don't set my salary. I haven't ever done that. I came here believing God that he would supply and, and we put in place the board of elders. I don't do anything like that. But the Lord has blessed me. The Lord has prospered me. The Lord takes care of me, y'all. And he's a good God. And the God who takes care of me will take care of you. Hallelujah. Now, now check this out. I want to see you prosper. Somebody just say that. Say, I want to prosper. Come on. Come on, put your hand on your chest and get radical about it. Say, I want to prosper. 
It's not a bad thing to prosper because prosperity is this. Prosperity, if you define it, it's having enough to handle your business. Tell your neighbor, handle your business. It's prosperity is having enough to handle your business with an overflow enabling you to bless the kingdom and bless others. How does that sound? Okay, I got 11 people who are excited about that. How does it sound to have enough to handle your business? Tell your neighbor, say, handle your business. B-I-D-N-E-S-S, say, handle your business. Come on. How does it sound to have enough to handle your business and then enough overflow that you can bless the kingdom and bless others? Make a little noise if prosperity sounds good to you. I mean, I'm like, who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want enough to get your hair did? Come on, somebody, and be able to pay your bills and then bless somebody else. Push three people and say, that sounds good to me. That sounds good to me. So today, I want to talk to you about the way to get there. One of the first ways you need to find out is by putting God first. It's by making him number one. Somebody say number one. People come to church and they're like, Pastor, I got so many issues. I got so many problems. My husband, he's driving me crazy. My wife, she's on my last nerve. My children, oh, Lord, let's not even go there. Come on. My wife's children, come on. My husband, y'all, where y'all at? I got, I got this problem and that problem and the other problem. I've got, I've got issues just stacked up in my life. But check this out. I can't help you fix two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine issues in your life until we get the first issue taken care of. And the first issue is you got to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God said if you take care of first things first, everything else is going to come together. What we like to do is we like to try to get everything right. I'm going to get this, and I'm going to get that, and, and then I'm going to add God to it. God said, no, 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 no. God said if you put me first, he said, seek first the kingdom and everything else will be added unto you. He said, if you get me right, I'll get your hair right. Come on. If you get me right, I'll get your car right. If you get me right, I'll get your family right. If you get me right, I'll get your health right. If you get me right, I'll get your joy right. If you get me right, I'll get your next level right. If you get me right, I'll get, oh. How many of you can say, Lord, let me get you right so everything else can get right? Ooh. I'm preaching better than you're letting on. That's all I'm going to tell you. The more I have meditated on this, the more excited I have become because my great burden for you is for you to walk in the fullness of God's plan for your life. And you know, we're a church, you hear Pastor Troy talk about tithing, and you know, I, 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 I hear people say, well, you know, Pastor Rayleigh, I Googled it, and if I Googled it, it's got to be true. I, I looked online, and everything online is true. If you believe that, you're really messed up when you read Facebook. Come on. Have you ever just scrolled down Facebook and actually read what people are sharing? And you're, you just think, why do you share that? Do you not know that that's not the truth? Come on, somebody. Here's what I found out. Let me give you a little secret. Not many people know this because I watch Facebook fights all the time between, between quote, Christian people. Can I just give you a little word of advice? You can read something you don't agree with on Facebook and scroll right by it and have a great day. Wow! 
you don't even have to say, you don't even have to stop and say, you're an idiot, but Jesus loves you anyway. Don't do that. <laughs> well, Pastor, you know, I read with tithing and putting God first. That's an Old Testament principle, and it's not for New Testament believers. Uh, wrong answer by Val. Mm -mm. You know, I think I was preaching this morning, and I think while I was preaching, they said some woman stood up and started yelling while I was preaching. Could you imagine? But to show you, I was so much in the Holy Ghost, I didn't even know it. <laughs> she was sitting in the service. I, I hope she heard it all. Hallelujah. I didn't hear nothing she said, but I hope she heard everything I said. Glory to God. Say, Pastor, are you afraid? Man, I've been at this so long, nothing surprises me anymore. But you say, well, tithing, Pastor, it's an Old Testament principle. No, let me explain it like this. Tithing precedes the law by 430 years. 430 years, all the way back to the time of Abraham, Abraham gave tithe to Melchizedek, the priest, because he, he, he gave 10% of his, 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 his wealth to, to this man as a tithe because really in the Old Testament, if you study about this, this priest, it, they say that it was the manifestation in a sense of the Lord's presence to, to Abraham and he tithed toward that, he gave toward that. People say, uh, well, pastor, I don't know. I, I don't know. Is it really for us today? Jesus himself said in the book of Matthew that you paid your tithes and it's something you should have done. He said you gave your offerings to the Lord. He said it was the right thing to do. This, this, this law of first fruits, this reality of first fruits, it reaches all the way back even to Cain and Abel, and I'll prove that in a minute. But, you know, I hear people say all the time, Pastor, I, 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 I just can't afford to give. I, I mean, I love the church, and I love what you say, and I love when you pray for us and when you preach to us. I just can't afford to put God first. Let me tell you this. Here's what I know. I hear all kind of people talk. I've been at this a long time. I have no motivation in my heart but just to preach the truth. And you're the burden of my heart. I love you so much. I, I've been here so long now. I'm, I'm old enough to be a spiritual father. And I look at every person in this room more than you're, you're, you're my church folk. You're my children no matter what your age is. You're my, you're my kids in the Lord. And so when I talk to you today, I talk to you from a heart that is hot after God's power to manifest in your life. And I hear people say, Pastor, I, I can't afford to tithe because I just don't have the resources. I can't afford to give to God because I don't have the resources. And then on the flip side, I hear people say, Pastor, I tithe and I give and I'm so blessed. I put God first and I'm so blessed. Here's what I know. I've been at this a long time. I've been preaching for over 30 years. Don't and I live this principle. You will never be able to tithe and give until you tithe and give. You'll never be able to afford to give to God until you give to God. Because here's the truth. Tithing, according to the Word of God, giving to God and putting Him first, it breaks the curse off of your life. And it's hard to be blessed when you're cursed. At least the givers ought to shout. See, it's hard to be blessed when you're cursed. And you say, well, Pastor Rayleigh, I don't believe God curses me. God would not curse me. Of course God doesn't curse you. I don't believe God curses you. But here's what you've got to understand. The world is cursed. 
We live in a fallen world. Do you understand that? We live in a world that needs hope and help and healing and breakthrough. The world is cursed. So here's what happens. When you honor God, when you seek first the kingdom of God, all of a sudden you are elevated above the curse of the world. And that means the world is cursed, but you're blessed. Oh, hallelujah. That means folks around you can be cursed, but touch your neighbor and say, I'm blessed. He said it like this, you'll be blessed going in and blessed coming out. You'll be blessed in the storehouse and blessed in the field. He said, you'll be the head and not the tail. Who wouldn't want that? And see, the enemy wants you to be bound up and not trust God in your giving. And God is saying to every person in the room, I'd like to redeem your life from under the curse and release blessings on you that there won't even be room enough to receive it. Think about that. See, God breaks the curse of the enemy off of our life when we put him first. I want him to know he's number one. Number one, not number two, not number three, not number four, but number one. Now, here we go. The Bible says in Exodus 13, 2, consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, it is mine. So that sounds like a real deep scripture, but it basically means this. Number one, the first belongs to God. Now, you may be hearing you say, Pastor, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't believe God cares about my money. I don't believe that. And besides that, Pastor, what about all them folk? What folk are you talking about? You know them folk, Pastor. Them folk that never give, but they got money. What about them folk? I'm going to teach you a little bit about this. This is in my notes. But that's when you got to understand the difference between mammon and money. See, in the, oh, come on. The Bible talks about mammon. Mammon is money and resources in the original text. That's what mammon means. And people, and the Bible says that people serve mammon. Ugh. That they put mammon in the place of God. And their money becomes their God. They begin to magnify mammon. And see, here's the problem. See, if, if the devil can't get you with too little, he'll get you with too much. Preach Pastor Rayleigh. Think about it. These people, all they care about is what they have, what they drive, what they own, what they wear. But when you tap into the kingdom of heaven, you realize that money is not God. God is God. You don't love the blessing more than you love the blesser. How many of you can say, I wouldn't be where I am without the blessing of the Lord over my life? Oh, I love it. So the first belongs to God. Pastor, I'm just telling you now, you need to understand this. God doesn't care about my money. Are, are, seriously, you study the Bible. There's 500 verses concerning prayer. 
500 verses more or less concerning faith, but over 3,000 verses concerning money and possessions. Listen, 16 of Jesus' 38 parables, he talked about money. You know why? Because he knows that the nature of a man is to hold, 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 keep, keep, keep. The enemy wants us to be stingy. That's why when we tithe and we give and we're faithful to God, it blows the devil's mind because the devil never gives you nothing but hell. Come on now. But when you begin to give to God and sow to God, you're saying, God, I'm putting you first. Here's the truth. You, you can't separate you from your money. You, you are your money. Wait a minute, Pastor. I don't like that. I'm going to send you a bad email now. My email address is pastortroy at calvaryfl.com. Hallelujah. When I say you can't separate you from your money, I'm not saying you are your, your bank account. I'm not saying you are your net worth. But I'm saying here's what your money represents. Your money represents your time. Your money represents your 40 hours a week. Your money represents where you've sweated, where you've thought, where you've, you've had ingenious ideas. Your money represents what you've poured yourself into. It represents your dedication, your labor. It's the reward for your work. And see, the Bible said in Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first. Somebody say first. First of all, your increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. He said, if I can make you understand that if you will put me first, if you will put me first, he said, I can bless you in ways. God said, if I can get it through you, I'll get it to you. Come on, somebody. Now, now here's the deal. According to the law of the Old Testament, every time a firstborn came uh, to, to, the, to the family, whether it was a sheep or or, 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 a, or a cow or some sort of livestock or even a child, that firstborn, check it out now, had to be sacrificed or redeemed. There was no other option, either sacrifice or redemption, because God expected the first. Now, now understand this. When, if, this if this animal was born and this animal was designated unclean, unfit, blemished, then, then a substitute sacrifice, a spotless lamb, had to be offered in the place of that donkey or that child or that bullock or whatever it was that was born. There had to be a substitute sacrifice that stepped up and said, I'm unblemished, I'm first, I'll take their place. Now, if you fast forward with me, some of you are already getting there in your mind. John 1.29 says, the next day John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the whole earth. Check that out. Behold the Lamb of God, stay with me, that takes away the sin of the whole earth. John saw at that moment, man, I'm blemished. I have issues. I'm unfit. I've got a bad past. I got stuff. I got junk in my trunk. Come on. I got problems. I got issues. You can sit out there and be cute, but you hadn't always come to church on Labor Day weekend. Oh, I got a few honest people. I said, you hadn't always come to church and worshiped the Lord and stood there and sang, every praise is to our God. Every word of worship is one accord. Every praise, because the night before, you were at dropping it like it was hot 10 years ago. But now the Lord has brought you a mighty long way. 
Tell your neighbor, he brought me a mighty long way. I dare somebody, if God's brought you a mighty long way, give him a big praise in the room. <laughs> see, see, John said, I'm blemished. I've got issues. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the whole earth. Check it out. This is where it's so powerful because we were blemished, y'all. We were unworthy. We were unfit. And our only option was a suitable sacrifice that would stand in our place and redeem us. And here's what you've got to know. Christ is our redemptive portion. God gave his own son as the Lamb of God that redeemed us all. When we couldn't save ourselves, redeem ourselves, heal ourselves, set ourselves free, when we couldn't figure it out, work it out, when we couldn't deliver ourselves, when we couldn't make a way, God said, I'm going to send my own son. I'm going to send my tithe. I'm going to send my first. I'm going to send my only begotten spotless lamb, and I'm going to lay him down for you, and you'll claim his as your own. How many of you are glad that Jesus is your redemptive portion? He said, he said, redeemed everything else. Oh, that blesses my heart. See, here's what you got to understand about everything in your life. The first portion is the redemptive portion. Somebody say redemptive. That, that means the first portion belongs to God. I heard about a guy one time that, that, uh, that the enemy came against him and was attacking him and fighting him. And the devil shot him in the head. And it didn't hurt him because he had on the helmet of salvation. Then he shot him in the toes. And it didn't hurt him because he had his feet shot with the preparation of peace. Then he shot him in the waist. And it didn't hurt him because he had on the belt of truth. Then he shoots him in the chest. Didn't hurt him. Had on the breastplate of righteousness. So the devil got behind him, shot him in the wallet and killed him. Come on, somebody. Oh, you better make a little noise, you know. See, see, here's, here, and, 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 and I'm just kind of talking to you from my heart. Listen, you don't know, Pastor, that money, that money is wicked. That money is, is wicked, Pastor, wicked. Money is the root of all evil. No, there you go. The love of money. It's the root of all evil. A $20 bill ain't good or bad. You can buy crack with it or you can buy chicken dinner with it. It's not hard for me. Crack or chicken, I'm going with chicken every time. Money isn't good or evil. It's the love of money. Here's the truth. You say, that man, them rich folk, they're in love with money. Let me tell you something. Some of the people I've known in my life that were the most in love with money were dirt poor. You don't have to have money to be in love with money. There are people who will do anything for money. And they fail to understand that if you will put God in his proper place, the Bible said, uh, will a man rob God in Malachi 8, 9, uh, 3, 8, 9, yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithe and offerings, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Curse means subject to evil, harassment, torment, and great calamities. 
How does that sound? That's not where I want to live. But here's what you've got to understand. Giving, man, I finally understood this at 52 years old. Giving and serving. It ain't about money. God doesn't need our money. We need to be blessed. It's not about money. It's not about cash or checks or anything like that. Let me tell you what it's about. When we put God first, we're passing the heart test. It's about a heart. See, the Bible said to bring the tithe into the house of the Lord. Somebody say, bring it. Bring it. Come on, shout it out. Say, bring it. bring it. He didn't say, give it. He said, bring it. Why didn't he say, give it? You never give tithes. Write that down. You never give tithes to God. You know why? Because the Bible said the tithe belongs to the Lord. You can't give somebody something that's already theirs. Come on now. You don't give it, you bring it. And God said, when you bring it and you honor me, I'm giving you this opportunity. I'm giving you a chance. I'm testing your heart because nothing will test your heart like your stuff, like your money, like your resources. God said, I'm testing your heart. And if I can get your heart right, yeah, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out on you blessings that you can't even contain. There won't be room enough to receive it. It said, will a man rob God? How do you rob God? Can anybody rob God? Do you hold God up? Can you say, okay, God, this is a stick up. You don't rob God when you don't give to God. You can't rob him of money. The Bible says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. What do you rob God of? You rob God of the opportunity to open up the windows of heaven and pour out on you blessings that you can't even conceive, that you can't even receive. How many of you are ready to say, God, I don't want to rob you of the opportunity to bless my life. I, come on, make a little noise if you want him to open heaven over your house. He said, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Somebody say storehouse. Not, not, now your tithe is not for TV ministry. Come on. I love Bishop T.D. Jakes. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on. Hello, this is Rod Parsley. I love Rod Parsley. I love Benny Hinn. Hallelujah. They're all good, but they are not the storehouse. The storehouse is this house. He said, bring it to the storehouse. Check it out. Ready? That there might be meat or food in my house. How many of you know there's some good food at Calvary? How many of you love the worship at Calvary? How many of you love the Word at Calvary? Come on. How many of you love what goes on at Calvary? Make a little noise if you're glad for the food at Calvary. See, see, some of y'all say, I don't come for the building. The building's nice. I don't come for the property. The property is nice. I come for the food. I come for the Word of the Lord. I come for the presence of God. Somebody make a little noise if you love what served here at Calvary. It manifests, listen, because of your faithfulness in giving. The next thing you got to know, it's got to be first when you give. The first must be offered. The Bible said in Genesis 4, 3, and in the process of time that it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. This is all the way back, almost at the beginning of time. It says that Abel brought up of the firstborn of his flocks and of their fat, and the Lord respected 
He respected Abel's offering. And he brought the what? The firstborn. And then he had said that Cain only brought an offering, but Abel brought an offering of the firstborn. God honored that. You know why? Because this man, Cain, put God first. And I want to tell you something. It was a principle at the beginning of time, and it's a principle now. God cannot accept second place. He is preeminent. God is never going to be number two. God is never going to be number three. He said, I'm number one or nothing at all. And listen, the reason that tithing releases God's blessings in our life is because it's given, in fir given first and it's given in faith. You're saying, God, when you give God first, you're not saying, I'm going to give you what's left. I'm going to pay for my, my electric bill. I'm going to pay for my this. I'm going to pay for my that. I'm going to pay for my hair. I'm going to pay for... You know, hair's a big deal for some women. Come on. There, there was a lady in the gym the other day, and she had her hair worked out, and she was telling me all about it. She said two things. She said, number one, don't touch my hair. And I'm looking at her and saying, I wasn't going to touch your hair anyway. But, but she was just 66 years old, but she, she looked so young she was working out. And she said, and I don't like to get my hair wet because it costs a lot of money. Come on. And so she's giving me her whole play-by-play. -play. And, and the truth is, God doesn't care if you have good hair. He doesn't care if you get it done. He, if you can't achieve it, weave it. If you can't do it, glue it. Hallelujah. Do whatever you got to do. God doesn't care if you have a decent car. God doesn't care if you have a decent house. But here's what God wants you to know, that if you're going to be blessed the way he wants to bless you, before you start forking out stuff anywhere else, he said, if you'll put me first, he said, I'll make everything else come together. Make a little noise if you want God to be first. So, so here's how it works. Tithing, then, is given in faith. Somebody say faith. When we give to God, we give in faith. When God gave Jesus, God gave Jesus in faith. He gave his only begotten son in faith. Listen, listen, little uh, Steve. Before you were ever going to sit on the front row, before you were ever here, think about it. Before you this group of young adults right here that's blessing my heart so much, before you guys were ever here, before you were ever here, son, before you were ever here, Courtney, before you were ever here, God gave Jesus in faith, believing that, that him, as he sowed his own son, that this would be the harvest. Make a little bit of noise if you're glad to be the harvest of the death and burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, now listen, listen. God blesses in unusual ways. We want God to bless us conventionally. You know, I want to hit the lotto. Well, y'all not be playing the lotto. But I've told you again and again, don't play the lotto, but if you play and win, pay your tithe. Hallelujah, but don't play. But if you win, pay your tithe, but don't play. But if you win, but don't play, but pay your tithe. Tell your neighbor, don't play, but pay your tithe if you win. Because you never know. Somebody wins $435 million. I think we could take that money and win the world for Jesus with it. Hallelujah. Now, listen. God will bless you in unconventional ways. The Bible said that the children of Israel walked through the desert for 40 years, check it out, and their shoes didn't even wear out. My wife don't want any shoes like that. <laughs> you don't want them shoes, do you? No. Because she needs new shoes with every outfit, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. 
We got to walk through every store and find, do I want pumps or do I want flats? Do I want boots or do I want this? The other day she came out with two different pair of shoes on. Which one, babe, which one do you like? I said, I can't tell the difference in either one of them. So they both look the same to me. Pray for me, the Lord is working in my life. God blessed the children of Israel so much that even their shoes didn't wear out. Listen, God will bless, you think God can only bless you one dimensionally, but God can cause what you have to last. For example, we were on vacation uh, in July, and we have struggled with these air units in our house. The, our house was built in 1988, something around those, that, that year, and the air conditioner units are almost that old. And, and they, we were just constantly piecing them together, constantly trying to work it out to keep them things running. And we have an air conditioner man in our, in our church, and he would come over and fix it for us. And finally, Dawn said, Lee, we just got I, I don't want to do it, but we're going to have to replace these units. We can't keep piecing them together. And Lee said, no, Pastor Dawn, just let me try to keep them running a little while longer. Let's just see what we're able to do. Maybe we can keep them running a little while longer. So we said, okay, so we are on vacation. On July the 4th, my telephone rings. It is Pastor Troy. He said, Jim, I'm over here at your house. I said, what's happening, buddy? <laughs> Have a hot dog. Come on. What are you doing? He said, he said, somebody was driving down the road, a lady, and she lost control of her car. And she took out your mailbox. I thought, no big deal. I can handle that. Get a new mailbox. Then he said, and she ran and took out almost more than half the shrubs. We had shrubs right in front of our yard. And we, she took them shrubs completely out and then jumped over into your neighbor's yard and was just, the car was out of control. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my goodness gracious, but thank God it's only the mailbox. I said, oh, listen, we'll be all right. We'll get a mailbox. He said, no, I got to finish. He said, he said, got in your neighbor's yard and hit a palm tree just enough to turn her car. Riding down the road, lose control, takes out my mailbox, knocks down my shrubs, get in my neighbor's yard, hits a palm tree, but not hard enough to hurt her, but just to turn her car. Whoop. Starts heading toward my house. But there's a little curb on the, on the side of my neighbor's yard. It's about this high on my neighbor's side, about this high on my side. She comes right toward my house, jumps the curb. You want to hear the rest of the story, don't you? You're sitting there going, what happened? What happened? She jumps the curbs lands on top of my two broke down air condition units. Gets this close to the side of my house. Does not touch my house, but destroys my air condition units. So what had happened was, I get the call. What had happened was, come on, Jackie. I get the call, honey, that they have taken my air conditioned, broke down units out, and put brand new units in while I was gone. 
I got so blessed. The guy that fixed him says, I'm going to give you a deal and we'll even cover the cost of the, of the fee that you have to pay right up front. You don't even have to pay a deductible. So it's 96 degrees in my house. I'm on vacation and I'm getting a brand new air conditioner at home. I'm trying to tell you that when you put God first, all these things shall be added unto you. Give the Lord a shout, somebody. I know what you're thinking. Can you send her to my house? You know what? Sometimes what we see as attacks of the enemy is a setup. See, see, here's, here's what I want to show you. Number three, and I'm closing with this, to pass the heart test, because it's a heart test. Don't I started this 28 years ago. Honey, I don't know it for sure, but I don't, I don't know that we've ever had anything come into our, our lives in 28 years that we haven't tithed on. We've lived this. If somebody handed us, when we were really struggling, if somebody handed us a $20 bill, then back in the day, man, that when everything meant everything, because we've been right there, man. We've been, we, we, were, we were on a mission trip one time, raised all the money we could get to go to uh, Venezuela and preach. And when we got home, our, our water was turned off and we were just in a mess. And, and what had happened, we had just enough money to pay our water bill. And we had put... Um, our little check in, but they didn't, they did, it was lacking a signature on it, and our bank denied the check, and so that's all we had. We, we were that close to homelessness. We've been right there. How many times have we not had grocery money, Don? How many times have we, through the years, just trusted God? But here's what we believed. We believe God the first is going to be holy. And whatever you bring us, we're going to give it to you. And the children of Israel and of Judah, who dwelt in the cities of Judah, brought the tithe of oxen and sheep, also the tithes of the holy things, which were consecrated to the Lord their God, and they laid them in heaps holy. It means separated, dedicated, consecrated. God said, I'm always going to have something to test you with. I'm always going to ask you to leave something back for me. In the garden, that you remember the story, Adam and Eve had access to every tree, but there was one tree God said, that's mine. Don't you touch it. And if you won't touch it, I'll bless you. Well, it was the first fruits of the firstborn. God said, I, I'm going I'm to hold something back for myself, not because I need your money, but I want to know your heart. I want you to put me first. I read where there's $5 trillion a year that the church earns. The earning potential of the church is $5 trillion a year in America. That would be a tithe of $500 billion. But that's not what comes into churches in America. They say in America, the average churchgoer gives a little over 1%. 1%. See, here's the truth, guys. If we really believe that the tithe was holy, if we believe the first of everything was holy, I believe this. Look at me, young person. You want to be blessed in the ministry? You want to you do great things for God? Then you need to put God first in every area of your life.
I'm not telling you something I don't believe in, something that I don't live every day, and now my children live it. See, if, if, if every person in the church really believed that the tithe was holy, every needed building around America for the gospel and for orphanages and for widows' homes, it would be built debt-free. Not one child would ever go to bed hungry because the world relief would be so great that would be done by the church of the living God. Not one missionary would be denied access to the field. Not one ear would be spared the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not one widow would do without. Not one orphan would sleep outside if the church believed that the first was holy. Thank you so much for listening to the Calvary Christian Center podcast. To learn more, visit us at calvaryfl.com.